Welcome to the Life Melbourne podcast. We're so glad you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. There's a calling that we all share. In fact, it's the same call that people throughout history have been responding to for thousands of years. Come, follow me. You see, we read in the Bible that Jesus himself invited a motley crew of people that we know as the disciples to follow him. And the same invitation that's extended to you and to me will lead us to discover that our lives were made for something much, much bigger than ourselves. This powerful invitation has the potential to impact and change not just one life, but the generations that follow. And when I look at who I was prior to meeting Jesus, you know, I was in the art world and graffiti, fashion. I was chasing these things like fame, notoriety. Um, I was very insecure with who I was at the time. I had uh, two friends, two friends that seen uh, that I was unhappy, I was going through a rough time in my life. Well, one day we were actually painting and they started to say, oh, it'll be great to hang out, it'll be great to go and eat and go to church together. And that took me by surprise. I was like, oh, no, nah, man, that's, that's not me. But they did, they wouldn't take no for an answer and they just started basically kidnapping me and taking me to church. <laughs> Through my teenage years, I started suffering with a lot of mental health problems, so depression, anxiety, um, just, yeah, I guess, I guess I was just in a really dark place. One night I was up to my old antics and, and you know, partying, very intoxicated, very upset. I had a really bad night and um, outside, um, the clubs there, I, you know, was approached by these two girls who just, you know, saw me in the state that I was in. Um, and they said they were from Red Frogs and, and they were just, they showed me a kindness that I'd never seen before. They got me home safe that night and I did um, end up in hospital a couple weeks later. Um, and none of my friends at the time wanted to acknowledge what I was going through. They just, you know, pretend like it wasn't happening. But these two girls who I, you know, encountered for that 30 minutes that night and, and when I was in my messiest, you know, state, they were the only ones that visited me um, in that time. You know, just a moment of being like, wow, like these people actually care um, and they actually have genuine love for me um, and yeah they invited me to church and and you know that was really the beginning of it all for me because um, the the night that I went I encountered God and there was no turning back from there. I really sort of walked away from my relationship with God when I was a teenager. I really struggled with pretty crippling fear and anxiety and I'm not saying that for dramatic effect. I mean, it was actually quite debilitating. And I had a conversation with somebody at work and I worked in a fast food place and I was like 17. And all of a sudden, one of the people I worked with turned up one day and said, I've just become a Christian. And I thought, oh no. <laughs> so anyway, one by one, this new Christian in the workplace got everybody else saved and they all became Christians and I was the only one that wasn't. So it was a big setup, really. In the end, one day I said, I, I need to come and speak to your pastor. There's something really wrong with me. Um, and so they made an appointment for me to go and see this random pastor on the other side of town. And thank God he was awesome. He was very kind and very gentle and just said, the only way out for this is a relationship with Jesus. And he prayed for me in that meeting and, you know, for about two days afterwards, I felt tangible peace for the first time in years. I, yeah, went back to my childhood church and started my journey there. Meeting Jesus is just the beginning. As we read in the Bible, with each meal, each conversation, every miracle and every new morning, the disciples came to understand more about Jesus. You see, being with Jesus leads to a revelation that we must become more like Jesus. As modern day disciples, our lives should be marked by a continual transformation. It's not always easy, and I for one know it's not that comfortable at times. But when you become a Christ follower, you start to step foot on the path of becoming more like Him. And it's a path that has been well-traveled 
by many others who have gone before. You know, what God's done in my life and the transformation he's made, my friends would just start to disciple me and pushing me, getting me uncomfortable with where I was at at the time. You know, like I found it awkward to pray and they would just, you know, wouldn't let up. They were just like, no, nope, you're going to pray today. You're going to pray for that person. You're going to pray for healing. They loved me enough uh, to be okay with making me uncomfortable with um, where I was at because you've got to change to, to experience what God has for you. I was always that kid in class who like wouldn't put up their hand to ask questions. I was just really insecure, didn't know my value or my worth or anything. But I think lockdown was a huge part also for my faith and also just my confidence because um, not being in church every Friday, like I had to actually read my Bible and pray on my own and I couldn't rely on others just to like basically just give me God's word. I used to be that kid at the back who would hide, shy away, just try not to be noticed and now I'm the one who's like reaching out to those same kids. It's like just pretty mind-blowing what God can do in just not even two years. I had a lot of struggle early on in my life. Um, my sister passed away of an asthma attack at the age of um, 18. Led me down the um, path of not knowing how to handle things and uh, then going down the, um, a path of um, 35 years worth of, um, you know, of drug addiction. At the time, that was my way of a of a coping mechanism, I suppose, just to numb the things around me that were happening around me. And um, But now, just having um, a faith, it's the love of other people that have come to, actually come to me and sort of given, um, shown me their love and how to actually get through the whole situation of grief. Having a lot of prayer as well, actually having other people praying into my life has been huge for me. Before I gave my heart to the Lord, I had been going through a, a whole lot of things in my life. My youngest son, he was in a depressive state and just not wanting to, to live really. I was at an end, you know, but then my sister ended up um, calling me on that day where I was just sobbing and crying and upset and angry with the world. and. She just felt the Holy Spirit tell her that you need to call Ange, you just need to call her. She just used these words, can I pray for you? And at that very moment that she prayed, I just, I couldn't stop crying uncontrollably. God just, he opened up my ears to hear his voice. He's changed me and in a way that my brother calls my sister and he asked her, what is going on with Ange? What is happening right now? She's a different person. And my sister's going, no, that's, that's Jesus, Sam. That is Jesus. In six months, my, brother, my baby brother gave his heart to the Lord, you know? And my dad on Father's Day gave his heart to the Lord. And it's just, he's just working through our family. The journey of faith is designed to be experienced together with others. As much as we benefit from the path of those who have gone before us, we are making a way for those who are to come. And just as we've heard the call, Jesus now asks us to take a look around and ask ourselves the question, who's following me? Talking about others um, that we've been able to journey with, recently having a friend that went through um, a difficult uh, breakup and it was similar to what happened to me in my journey and he remembered that me sharing that one day and he came to me and we were able to journey alongside each other and I'm just so proud of proud of him and it's been really awesome or even clients at our workplace will just reach out and say hey I, I love how you guys are these genuine authentic loving people like how can you do that and for us, it's a great responsibility that we take on. And we're like, okay, we've got to help this person, you know, um, be the best version of themselves, not necessarily be like me, but, you know, help them uh, find their path to, to knowing Jesus and knowing how, how He speaks to us. I'm being a volunteer for an organisation called um, Youth Encounter for probably about the last six, seven years now. You know, I actually feel that it has been a calling for me from God to actually get involved with the youth. 
because um, a couple of times I've actually um, given my testimony of where I've been in my life and through drugs and, that, and if it helps someone else to um, get through their situation, I, I couldn't ask for anything more. Yeah, we've actually seen a few, quite a few, um, a number of kids actually come to Christ and um, it's been amazing and actually seeing their parents as well also take, a, take an interest where they never did before and uh, yeah, so it's been massive. It's been an amazing change, but it's also been a transformation in my life as well, of knowing that I can actually give back. When I think back to my early walk with Jesus and some of those battles and the victories that I learned to overcome, and they're exactly the same things facing young people now. Like mental health is such a huge thing now. And I've fought some of those battles and won. And I know that Jesus is our savior. He's our deliverer. I thought I do have something to give. I've got something valuable to say to this generation of young people. So I put up my hand to run a connect group. There's a group of about 10 girls. We meet once every two weeks in my lounge room. And I feel really um, privileged to be part of their journey. My role is really about encouraging them to know who they are in Jesus and who he can be through them. The best gospel message that your friends or your family or people will hear is not from a preacher, it's not from a church, but from um, the work and the love of Christ through, in and through your life. I just committed to letting God show Himself through the way I lived my life, the way I spoke to people, the way I loved them, the way um, that I reached out to them um, and helped them in their time of need. Um, and through that, God has worked. Um, and my family have started to come to church. Um, my sister was baptized at summer camp. That wasn't because I sat her down and gave her a lesson on Jesus. It's because just through loving people and walking with them in their journeys, that was where God was the loudest and, and most visible. I'm not perfect, but you know, by God's grace and because He loves us so much, He doesn't call us to be perfect. He just calls us to be willing and calls us to be there and be present. Our lives are more than just for ourselves. We have to live for more than just today. Jesus calls us to follow Him. And you see, it's not just an invitation, but the truth is, it's our purpose in life. You could be a business person, a politician, a single parent or a student. No matter what your title may be, we are all called to impact and change our generation with the reality of Jesus. So the question is, who are you following and who is following you? Just like the disciples, Jesus extends this invitation to us today and every single day. His great invitation actually connects us all together, our lives becoming brushstrokes in the great masterpiece He is creating. It's a story of redemption, of hope, and ultimately an incredible story of God's love. Jesus invites all with these three words that the truth is have the power to change all humanity and eternity. Come, follow me.
Son Jesus. Jesus, we thank you. You went all the way for us. With the simple invitation to come follow you, Lord, we say yes. Lord God, I pray that this would be more than a message or more than a catch cry, but it would be our reality that everyone. As they follow you, whatever campus we may be at, whether we're online, we're in a local, Lord, that you would speak so clearly to us. I ask you, give us ears to hear your voice. Eyes to see what you ask us to see, that in a year where we're declaring it to be a year where we would follow you and create followers of you. Lord God, I pray you open doors that no man can shut. Lord God, I pray for your presence and your power to go with us that today on Vision Sunday, you would speak so clearly through your word to every single one of us. We thank you for the privilege and the honor to be called your sons, your daughters. God, we ask you to have your way in our lives and through our lives in Jesus' wonderful and mighty name. And everyone said, amen. Come on, can we thank our teams right across life? Worship, production, creative video, all the peoples, stories, that incredible mural from Mark and Meyer. And can you believe it? We're here, Vision Sunday, 2023. And newsflash, if you don't know, this is the last Sunday of February. We will be in March this week. 
But uh, it is so awesome to be here on this incredible day. And whatever campus you're at, a huge, huge welcome. Even all of those Aussies over in Australia, over in Melbourne, Adelaide, great to see you guys. And uh, I know, like me, you're blessed with what God is doing. But uh, we're believing that as we gather around God's word, he's gonna speak to us. So if you've got your Bible, I want encourage you to turn to the book of Matthew chapter four. And uh, we're gonna go there in a couple of moments time, but I'm sure you were really moved like I was with that incredible video where people shared the moments of encounter and the moments of what Jesus is now doing in their life. And to be honest, this is my First Vision Sunday as the senior pastor, if you wanna put it that way, and I'm trusting God to give me some real big wow excitement thing like expansion or new ground or, you know, everyone's like, yeah. And I really felt God just come alongside me in October last year and declare these three simple words that 2023 is gonna year, be a year where we come and follow Him. It's a simple but very profound statement. To follow Jesus isn't easy. And the truth is to then make followers of Jesus and create disciples is even harder. But I want you to capture it. This is Jesus speaking to every single one of us at life. Come, follow me. He wouldn't ask it of us if it wasn't available and able to be done us. And not for a moment is it all about us because it's all about him. But we're going to discover as he invited some fishermen to follow him, I believe today at Vision Sunday 2023 here at Life right across every single campus and local and location that he is saying this is going to be a year where he's going to desire from you and I, whether we've been here five minutes or this is our life, we've been here for forever that we're gonna follow him to a whole new way and we're gonna have the opportunity to create followers of him. But Matthew 4, I am gonna share from this passage, you will have heard if you've been in church a little while like myself, it is this interaction with Jesus and these brothers now to us known as the disciples. And I want you to read along with me, the words will be on the screen, it says this in Matthew 4 verse 18. One day, as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was also called Peter, and Andrew. And they were throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. Side note, Jesus wants to meet you right where you're at. The call to follow him is one that will cost you something, but you we'll discover, like we'll discover today, the call he calls you into in serving other people is right in line with your gift set and your skill set. It goes on in verse 19 and it says this, Jesus called out to them, come, follow me. And then I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. A little farther up on the shore, he saw two other brothers, James and John, sitting in a boat with their father, Zebedee. How good's that name? Zebedee. They were repairing their nets, and Jesus also called to them to come. Watch this, verse 22. They immediately followed him, leaving the boat and their father behind. Come, follow me. I guess the question at each one of our campuses there online here in this auditorium is simply this, who are you following? Or maybe another way I could put it is what are you following? <laughs> Isn't it interesting that we don't take too much time to think about who we follow on social media but they have a real influence on our perspective? Isn't it interesting it doesn't take much for a teacher at school to say one sentence and then you hate school for the rest of your life because they told you you'd never have a chance. Isn't it interesting that when life is going well and something takes place that was unexpected, everything you now focus on is through a lens of disappointment or despair. 
It's quite easy for you and I to get distracted and this is why in my personality I hope for something grand and grandeur, but I know that I know that I know this is such a word for our church and for the Christians around the globe that it's coming back to what it's all about. His name is Jesus and that's why we're here. But the question still needs to be answered, who are you following? See, if you've been around life any length of time, the church will be turning 32 this year in October. That's old. (laughs) But right from the start of its inception, when God spoke to our founding pastors, Pastor Paul and Marie, there has been a declaration over this house, a vision statement as we call it, which is simply and profoundly this, to impact and change our generation with the reality of Jesus. It's one thing for a moment of impact, but it's another thing for a lifetime lasting change. And the truth is that we could do all the best work we could as individuals and collectively around a good idea and some great services or buildings, et cetera, et cetera. But if it's not done with the reality of Jesus, it will not last. It will be harder than it needs to be. And so today I want to encourage every campus, every individual to come back to the reality of am I following Jesus and who is following me? We saw in the video how cool of a testimony it is that God is still building in these individuals' lives. One who was from a pretty tough relational breakup through to someone finding their way as a young person, completely intoxicated all the way through these stories of true and real life change that has happened and it came from a discovery through other people and then through God himself. If we're not careful, we'll rely on the buildings and the services and all of the things that we do good and fail to realize Jesus is the one who saves, Jesus is the one who heals, Jesus is the one who sets free, but he chooses to choose you and I to do it through. We see as he rocks up to these incredible brothers that go on to do incredible things as disciples, rough and rugged fishermen. When Jesus arrives on the scene, everything changes. You see, we have this great vision, as I said, for our house, but then we've got incredible mission as a church, and that is these three words you may have seen in one of our foyers or seen on our website, and it's these three words, belong, believe, build. And the truth is, for every single one of us to have a year, in my opinion, where we're gonna be able to follow him to a new level and create followers of him, we need to activate these three things. In fact, this passage of scripture shows us this is how Jesus lives his life. Number one, belong. What is it to belong? Well, in a corporate sense, as a church, I pray that our church would be a place where people could call home. But for a moment, I want you to stop and ask yourself, is this my reality of my life? Why? Because church is not just a building. The church is you and I. And on Vision Sunday, I'm asking myself as much as I'm asking every single one of us, how much of a life do I live where other people come in contact with me and they feel like they belong? Is my life lived in such a way where they could feel safe and feel like I am home for them? Because we can do every effort to make that a reality in a church building sense, and I pray and I believe that that would be everyone's reality. They come in and they feel like they belong. But the truth is that takes place when the church, you and I, live the way Jesus lived. Isn't it interesting? Jesus rocks up to two brothers that are fishermen and he says, come follow me. A very simple, but very profound invitation. And in that moment, they belonged. Nothing about their profession, nothing about even their faith or belief system was what got them into relationship with Jesus. It was Jesus's openness and Jesus's willingness and Jesus's invitation that allowed them to belong. Not only belong, but a part of the mission statement for all of us here at Life is that we would move past belonging to believing. 
What is it to believe? Well, to me, it is a choice to follow Jesus. You see, not only did Jesus turn up and say, you belong, come follow me, but we read in verse 20 that the disciples made a decision to leave what they knew and to follow. It is a choice to follow. I hope no one ever gets pressured here at Life to do anything they're not ready to do, but I do hope that every single Sunday we would give everyone the opportunity to make a choice to follow Jesus, because that's where life changes forever. It's the game changer moment for every single human being. I pray you belong, but I pray that you believe, and then thirdly, not just having a belief and a choice to follow Jesus, but here at Life, we believe as a part of our mission, it would be belong, believe, and build. What is it to build? Oh, I believe it's a commitment to live on purpose. Well, what do you mean, Luke? I'm living on purpose right now. Do you know God has a plan and a purpose for your life? He's given you gifts and skills to outwork that will better you but actually change the environment and change the game for those around you. Not just the people inside the walls, but those that are yet to discover the belong and the believe. And until you and I commit to build into their lives, I think we miss what God actually intends for us. And this is where we start to live totally on purpose. You know, I believe that it's not just a mission statement for us at life, but it's a personal reality we all need to hold on to. Because Jesus extends this invitation to you and I so that we could belong. And I think we can sell ourselves short in the 21st century beauty of hindsight as we read and we know what Peter went on to do. James and John, like we know how amazing they were in the development of Christianity as we know it today. They were the disciples, the chosen few. They were the ones helping Jesus perform miracles, they were the ones that started and birthed what we know now as the church, and we can easily say, well, they, you know, they were all good. No, no, realize they were just a bunch of fishermen. And they were as normal as you and I. <laughs> but what they had was a response to the call to come follow him. And in doing so, they not only got to be with Jesus, but when you and I get to be with Jesus, we get to become like Jesus. And when we become like Jesus, we now have the weaponry, if you wanna put it that way, the understanding, the ability to now go and do what Jesus did. So again, I come back to the question, who are you following and who's following you? Or is Christianity for you, like many people around the world, 65 to 70 minutes on a Sunday morning. Hopefully the fuel that gets the spark burning to make you and help you last through another week. Or is your Christianity, my Christianity, a daily devotion <laughs> to be with Jesus, to be like Jesus, and to do what Jesus did? You see, to follow Jesus does require a choice and not for one am I subscribing to the fact that it's easy. Because <laughs> it's not, if it was easy, everyone would do it. <laughs> but there is so much more in a life in Christ that you and I could ever realize far greater than just getting into heaven <laughs> or making yourself feel better or washing away anxiety and replacing it with God's peace. No, no, you and I can actually not only just belong, believe, but build and see something take place just like Pete did. You see, it's interesting to me because if you understand Peter's life, he had some ups and he certainly had some downs. This passage we're reading about is right at the beginning of Peter's journey in Christ and Jesus knew he would stumble. <laughs> Jesus knew that he would betray. Jesus knew that he would be human, let's put it that way. <laughs> Yet he still made the decision that no matter what may come, you belong. And the moment you choose to believe, I'll give you the empowerment to build a life beyond your wildest dreams. Yeah. From a fisherman 
Peter goes to belonging, believing, and building, so much so that we understand when we see Peter's life because he was with Jesus and being with Jesus has started to deepen and we start to deepen our own relationship with God. It moves from a Sunday faith to a 24-7 faith. And this is where our lives start to begin to bear spiritual fruit and see God's kingdom come here on earth. It's the becoming like Jesus where we start to see the transformation take place that Mark talked about on the video. We understand through Simon Peter's commitment to change the way Jesus called and commanded him and his followers to do so, Pete ends up actually being the spokesperson for the 12 disciples when Jesus disappears. Jesus now entrusts Pete's life to be the key or the lead shepherd to lead and love Jesus' followers from that day on. And if you fast forward a little bit further from this moment that we see the interaction taking place with Pete, on the day of Pentecost, we read and learn that thousands of people became believers and followers of Jesus because of Peter's life and Peter's message. And the truth is, we're in 2023 and it's still ministering to us today. I wonder... At every campus, I want you to think about what our future generations could look like if every single one of us lived a life where we made a decision. Every single day, I'm gonna be with Jesus. I'm gonna be like Jesus. And I'm gonna commit to the best of my ability to do what Jesus did. I believe thousands of years later, people will be saved and set free because of the life we chose to live, a life where we followed Jesus. See, we read that Jesus not only calls us to follow him, but he actually creates in us the ability to be a continued follower of him and gives us permission to now create followers ourselves. Matthew 22, verse 36 to 40 says this. Uh, in verse 36, it says, Teacher, this is a question of Jesus. Which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? They're trying to trip Jesus up. And Jesus says, well, it's quite simple, actually. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. <laughs> this is the first and the greatest commandment. So if we're trying to do anything other than that, people, let's get back to that. But then 39 says the second one is equally as important as the first. So if you're gonna do the first, make sure you do the second. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets, these people, these so-called people that were trying to trap him, they are all based out of loving God and loving people, these two commandments. Jesus lived a life and showed us how to live a life that can change humanity. How did he do it? Loving people. Where's the big wow, Luke? <laughs> Just try going about that. If you live in the same world and society I live in, it doesn't take much for a little bit of love to go a long way. <laughs> it's as simple discipleship as us outworking and outwalking our belonging, our believing, and our building. This week, let me put it as a practical example for every single one of us in life. I had the opportunity on Thursday evening to go play Twilight Golf. And it's a bit rich calling it golf, I'll call it twilight hacking. <laughs> but as I was out on the golf course, and twilight is a nine hole thing, and then everyone kind of hangs around afterwards, and the people that won get prizes, I didn't get a winning prize, but I got a consolation prize, my score was that bad, I got a free golf ball, praise the Lord. <laughs> but if I take you back, let's say two weeks, it might have been three weeks before Thursday, I was playing Twilight Golf and I met a couple I had never met. They actually live on the golf course and anyway, we got talking and as we're waiting for the prizes that time, 
they were asking about my life. How many kids do you have? How long have you been married? You know, what do you do? And I was just sharing who I was. And it was amazing how quickly questions arose and intrigue began. And that was cool and I thought nothing of it. And then fast forward now to this Thursday just gone and as I'm sitting at the prize giving, people are ordering burgers, fish and chips, Cokes, beers, and I'm on the Daniel fast, so praise the Lord, we finished that, God is good, but I order my sparkling water with a little slice of lime (laughs) and some roast veggies, glorious. And as I'm sitting there, the wife of the husband that I was playing golf with, she says, aren't you going to have a Coke or a beer or something? I said, I'd love to, but actually I'm just having water tonight. And she's like, what about like a burger? Like, what's the veggie thing? Like, you're a young guy, surely you love burgers? (laughs) I said, oh, I'm actually on a fast. She's like, a what? (laughs) I said, oh, as part of the church I was telling you about last week, we're actually all doing a 14-day, what's called a Daniel fast, which is fruit, veggies, and water. And she's like, what, like all you eat is fruit, veggies, and all you drink is water? I was like, yep, yep. She's like, how long have you been doing that? I was like, well, it's about day 12, 11, 12. She's like, whoa, have you lost any weight? I was like, yeah, I've, <laughs> I've lost 3.2 kilos. <laughs> she nudges her husband, who's rather large, and she's like. She's <laughs> 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 like, no, that's not what I'm doing it for. <laughs> She says, tell me though, how do you get up? You surely don't have any energy. And I said, well, actually, it's really energizing to me. It's funny because I'm not doing it for any other reason than to set aside time to allow God to speak. She's like, okay, I don't get all of that, but I've got some more questions. (laughs) Like discipleship is not a program, people. (laughs) It's a culture, it's a lifestyle where if you would open your life, Jesus says, all you gotta do is create an opportunity to love and to care for those around you. And it is incredibly alarming how many questions there may be. And you may be sitting there saying, yeah, but that's the problem. I don't know what to say. You don't have to know what to say. You just have to be with Jesus, be like Jesus, and do what Jesus, what did Jesus do? He opened his life and he provided an invitation. I found myself in a very non-direct way discipling, when all I was there for was golf. And I thought to myself, God, I thank you for the spiritual empowerment this fast is done, but if this is what I'm doing it for this moment, I'll do it again. (laughs) Because the door was opened and through sharing my faith, I don't know what seed's been sown. (laughs) We didn't have an altar call for all the golf players and the the club rooms (laughs) there right then and there. (laughs) But I know that in two weeks' time, I'll be playing Twilight again, and this time I'm not going to win a prize or shoot really well. This time I'm going there with very clear intent that God wants me to be available. I wonder what our families, our friends, our society, our workplaces, our sports teams, our high schools, our universities would look like if every single one of us would make a daily decision to be with Jesus, to keep transforming, be like Jesus, and then make a decision to do what Jesus did. (laughs) It wouldn't be Vision Sunday without a challenge, so let me be really clear, it's gonna cost you something. In fact, it's gonna cost you a lot. It might cost you some friends that now need to become acquaintances. It might cost you some street cred at your business or your workplace. It might cost you some time, some words, some energy. You might take a few hits for your faith, but there is joy in persecution, the Bible says. And I believe that as we commit this year, Vision Sunday, to being a year where we come and follow Jesus, we're gonna actually see the impact and the change take place with the reality of Jesus. That everyone that wants to belong can belong. Everyone and wants to make a decision to choose Jesus, we'll believe and then ultimately people will build so that we can see the generations changed. If I take it back to Pete's life, 
I love it because he examples to you and I that he didn't change overnight, but he did change. Ultimately, Jesus, day upon day, was working with Pete and transformed him from a weak and impulsive individual to a courageous and self-controlled individual. Peter was a great example of a transformed disciple of Jesus Christ. But I want you to hear it plain and simple. As Jesus showed us in the book of John, where he washed the disciples' feet, he says, I'm doing this so you now can go do it for others. There will be costs attached, Jesus saying, but no, I am willing to pay the ultimate cost so that you and I could have a life of abundance. <laughs> so what's a bit of feet washing in regards or in relation to the death on the cross? <laughs> We've got a world longing for you and I to provide the answer, his name is Jesus. And I love how Haven put it on the video. She said this, Jesus doesn't call us to be perfect. He just calls us to be willing. And my heart as a senior pastor of life is that every single one of us wouldn't feel that this is a burden. <laughs> but this would be not only a call to follow Jesus, but a call that, hey, if you call life home, we're going on the journey that this is gonna be a year where we create followers of Jesus. Because again, Jesus speaking in the book of Matthew, he says this, Matthew 10, verse 39. If you cling to your life here on earth, you will lose it. But if you give it up for me, you will find it. You will find the greatest, <laughs> most exciting, best moment, year, time of your life when you discover the wonder of what it is to follow Jesus and to create followers of Jesus. There is nothing greater in this life than to be able to know that you're making a difference in someone else's life. Everyone wants to be known and everyone wants to be needed. The moment Jesus arrived to the boys on the boat, he said, come follow me, they were known, they belonged. They started to believe because Jesus is legit. <laughs> but as they started to build, they realized, I'm not just known, but I'm actually needed. The truth is, our buildings that we're sitting in right now, this live stream that you're connecting with right now, they're great and people will find their way here, but the most effective and most powerful opportunity anyone has is to share their faith with those they walk with. There will be people, I guarantee, in your life right now that would never step foot in a building like this unless someone stretched out and said, Come follow me. It's an invitation, it's not a have to, it should be a want to, but in that moment, Jesus not only made them belong, but then they were so convinced and convicted with the belonging in the sense they had in him, they believed. Our lives should carry an opportunity for open door conversations where then people have a choice to choose Jesus. And then ultimately, I totally believe that when you and I live a life where we build, it's the best type of life we can ever have. Just before I hand it back to Pastor Craig and Melvin, Pastor Tony in Adelaide, I wrote these few thoughts down that I think are pertinent for each one of us that call life home. You know, I believe for this year in 2023 and beyond that this house, this church will be a community that is home for everyone and anyone. Would be a community that is both multi-generational and multicultural. A community that actually enjoys being generous towards God and towards others. A community that is committed to not just worship God on Sundays, but whenever and wherever. A community that is continuously reaching those in need beyond the walls of our building. A community that is not perfect, that's not what we're going for, but is committed to growing with one another. And then ultimately, I have a heart's desire that this would be a community that is full of people who are Christ followers and are devoted to helping others follow Jesus Christ by saying these three simple words, come follow me. Amen.
I'm going to get Pastor Missy to come and pray for us, pray over us, and then I'm going to hand it over to Pastor Craig, Pastor Dave. Come on, let's pray. Thank you, God, that you are the Alpha and the Omega, that you are our God and we are your people. So this morning, I pray over our congregation. I pray over the people, the family of life. Would we hear you in a new and fresh way? Would you come into our worlds? Would we invite you into our worlds for the people that you have placed in our communities, in our families, in our neighborhoods that we have yet to reach? Would you come and would you be with us? I pray a blessing over every single person, a blessing, a family, a blessing, of a bright future. So as we walk with you, hand in hand, we are not alone, and you are our God. Jesus, we love you. Come and show yourself in a whole new way. And all God's kids said, amen, amen. Amen, amen. Come on, can we put our hands together in honor and thank Pastor Luke and Melissa. And come on, who feels a stirring in their spirit for this year and the come follow me? I love that God is gonna do so much. I really believe it when I said it earlier this year, we are not gonna walk out of this year the same way we walked in. And I know that before the service is done, I just want us to have a moment where we're gonna worship together and we're gonna declare, I speak Jesus. Come on, this life, this church that we're a part of, this vision that we carry, this Saviour that we know, come on, it's not about looking at us, but it's about helping others look up and discover who He is. And across every campus today is not only the key reality of hearing again and knowing clearly what is the vision statement God's put on us for this year, come follow me, but it's also the opportunity to share some of the things that are happening within our campuses. And I love what God is doing here in Melbourne. I love that we get to be a part of this church with you. Anybody like being a part of the church? That's cool, just checking. <laughs> you know, honestly, I'm just blown away. It really is my favourite day of the week. I can't wait to see people. I can't wait to have this opportunity. I can't wait to worship with you. I can't wait just to see the fresh people God brings in. You get to meet and have conversation and connect. I, I can't wait to hear the stories of what God's doing in people's lives. I can't wait to have the moment where you get to stand heart to heart and actually pray and believe for God's goodness as there's heartbreak taking on. I can't wait to see friendships formed. I love seeing over time marriages come together. I love seeing kids that were this big now, like literally in our youth ministry running around. I love seeing what God is doing. But I just believe this year, God is gonna do phenomenal things. This morning, well, a couple of weeks ago, I was sharing on a Sunday night and I used mustard seeds and we put one on every seat and they stuck to people's bums. It was awesome. They weren't, didn't realise they were there, but then I put the bag and the little packet inside my bag and I'd ripped it open and so now, Literally throughout my bag is mustard seeds everywhere. Every time I pull something out of my bag, mustard seeds start coming out. Like literally everywhere. Like they just fall out, tick, 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 everywhere. And I felt like God this morning as I was just stirring my heart to saying, God, what is it you have? He just said, make sure faith comes out. Come on, in your life, wherever you are, make sure faith comes out. Come on, don't just talk about the challenge, talk about the God who overcomes the challenge. Don't just identify the area of where you're vulnerable, where they're vulnerable, but bring the one who brings victory to the vulnerable and start sharing the wonder of Jesus. I didn't share like this in the 9 a.m., but I tell you, let's just go there. I really believe this year, I'm putting it out there, we will be in our new property. Come on, by September, October, we are gonna be in there worshiping, exalting Jesus, declaring He's the way maker. And what's awesome about it, it's not just gonna be us, but there, I believe, are already gonna be hundreds more. Why is God giving us the sight that He's giving us? Why? Because He wants there to be increased room for more people to find a family where they are gonna belong. And through His grace and goodness, they will believe. And there will come a moment where purpose is attached to their lives and they literally will find themselves living a life they never ever dreamed possible. I love that. I love that while Pastor Luke's like, let's not just do like a title like expansion. I love that. It was only a couple of years ago, God was like, declare expansion. When we declared expansion, you may not realise, but actually there was only about five of us who knew that we had been given notice to get out of this property. We had three months to go and no doors were open. 
And God said, declare expansion. Declare expansion. And He gave me a picture of an aircraft carrier. And the four purposes of an aircraft carrier are to carry, to equip, to deploy, not to spit, but to deploy, and to recover. And I felt like God said, you just wait and see. I'm about to bring you into something as a church where you're gonna carry more people than you've ever carried before. You're gonna be able to deploy more people than you've ever deployed before. You're gonna equip more people with the Word of God, the love of God and the grace of God than ever before. And we are gonna recover. We're gonna see those who have been beat up in faith, those who felt like maybe they've discredited what God could do in their life. They're gonna come into an environment and through the grace of God and encounters with the Holy Spirit and God's great Word, lives are gonna be restored and hearts are gonna be set on fire again. So I come here today, not to list a whole lot of things, but to say, guys, next picture. This awesome property, this miracle in motion that God is giving us is not about the building, but it is about this incredible city that God has situated us in, not just to the centre of the city, but out to the east, up to the north, out to the west side, come on, all along the bay, we're gonna see God extend the reality of His love and His grace and our hearts and our hands to be able to see others discover the same love that we've discovered. Because we're not here to build a building, we're here to restore a city. And I'm just putting it out there, I haven't talked to any of the teams, but uh, I just know that I love, I believe that by the end of this year, Mirapi, we're gonna have another community kitchen. Can we say amen to that? All right, with well, this two or more, I love that already by the start of next term, we're gonna start a breakfast club, our first breakfast club. Uh, we've been invited and they've been making room to be able to enable that to take place and Mirapi's all over that. I love that through our community kitchen, we've actually been working with a department that uh, enables women to be able to do their community services hours to be able to get out of that season of life. And we're actually through our community kitchen being able to have women come in every week and it's not just to come and get rid of your hours, it's coming to have relationship, connection, have people that believe in you, put purpose back on your life again, say it's not over, you're not done. And I tell you what, I can't wait to see them baptised in moments' times. I honestly believe, Jazz, as I was sitting there, I believe we're gonna have people who are gonna go, you know what I'm called to do? I'm called to run an Alpha course in my university. I'm called to run an Alpha course in, in the areas of my, my community and my home. I just see it already, people going, you know what, that's what I'm called to carry. The reason I'm passionate about Monday Business Night is I believe we're gonna have a whole lot of business people in our church who are gonna say, you know, once a month or once every two weeks, I'll create an environment for other business people to come together and we're gonna pray together, we'll stand together and we'll keep believing for the things of God together. I absolutely see that taking place. I love that we're gonna be able to just send an email this week connecting people to what the service is about, but more importantly, we're gonna be able to help people get a 10-day uh, devotional in regards to how do we do discipleship? How do we start engaging this walk with God more? And so it's not about program, 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 but what's the platforms that actually help us connect to this great follow me to a part of actually, this is starting to outwork in my life. I know for me personally, it's been that very true reality about, well, who am I inviting into my world? It's one thing to be a shepherd, but who's shepherding you? bringing this new two-way where there's a constant pouring out, but there's also a constant vulnerability out. Why? Because we can all grow, we can all expand, and we all need people who are gonna keep calling out the things we don't see in our own natural strength. I believe our freedom courses are gonna see more people freed and delivered and set apart and forward. I see marriages coming together stronger, more alive, more passionate. I don't know if you can say this more frisky than they have been for years. Come on, they're not to be endured. Come on, the wife is a blessing. The husband is a great man. We're going to be having online courses that are going to help us know how to be increasingly equipped of how to raise the next generation. Come on, as parents, we need help in raising the next generation. Every six weeks, you're out of touch again. Everything's moving so quick. Well, we're going to create healthy homes and healthy relationships. I believe in different ways we're going to create healthy men, strong in the things of God, not weak in what we're called to, not overpowering and dominating, but secure in the radio that we are called by God to be able to step into what God has and together collectively we'll keep rising and we'll keep helping other people know the wonder and the worth of who they are in Christ's image. Man, I just see so many exciting things happening. I embrace grace. The stories that are coming out of embrace, grace, grace are truly miraculous. It's very hard to share it because it's 
somewhat very confidential, but to say like there was a baby born just in the last couple of weeks. Nine months ago, had an appointment with a different destiny. But the truth of it is, this baby was born and has been declared a young son of God who's got a great life and a great future. Why? Because a group of women came alongside a beautiful lady and got alongside them and started speaking life and hope. Didn't say, you've got to believe in God. No, no, just said, hey, we'll be here for you. Now a little life, generations are gonna tell the story of God's goodness. When are you excited for this year? I tell you, when come follow me, connects into here. Oh man, it just, all of a sudden, it's not like we go about our day like this. How do I just get through what I got? All of a sudden, it starts to look like this. It's a vulnerability and availability that says, God, I actually kind of want to get to the point where I'm outside myself. I just know the stories of God's grace are going to be overwhelming. We trust that you are encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life. And we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at our Melbourne campus. If you're not in Melbourne, then join us for Church Online, wherever you are in the world. Just head to lifeau.org to stay connected and find out more.